That we try to sabotage. We've talked about like we need to do a better job introducing ourselves, but the other two people always sabotage the first person. Like as if it's like you fucking idiot. Did you just try to introduce yourself, you clown? Like Well, it's just so it's so unnatural. I mean, how often do you introduce yourself to someone that you've known (laughs) for six years? This is purely for someone else's benefit. Hey guys, I'm Jake. (laughs) Yeah, I fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well. Okay, no, um, top of the episode, we, we tried the introduction. All We can also try to say that uh, we're Zizek and so on. Uh, we have Patreon. We have social media. You know the drill. You know the speech. Um, we would love to encourage everyone to join us uh, on Patreon. We have a great Discord group and a bunch of episodes. And, um, yeah, hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah, keep listening. Keep Discording. Welcome back. <laughs> okay, well, today we're talking, uh, we're talking event. We're talking about the concept event uh, through Zizek's, what is it, 2014 book? 2014. 2014. What a time. What a time to be alive. The, um, uh, yeah, it's, the, it's both the, the concept of the event and as you're, as you're referring to the book event um, with the subtitle, I, I believe, uh, Philosophical Journey Through... What is it? A concept. A concept. Um, and I think that actually the concept of an event uh, is both like, it kind of draws us to the, to the kind of interesting joining that Zizek sees in the idea of an event. Because it's also simultaneously a concept, if that makes any sense. Well, because it's about, I think it's about elaborating the idea as to whether or not there's a concept of the event separate yeah the from... event the event is, is is the kind of simultaneous joining of like the symbolic and the kind of material the the kind of uh real you know political historical um occurrence a happening um for Zizek with its concept yeah well the, well, the because the, problem... the concept this is this is this is the kind of um Zizek's turn of kind of um making rendering like inverting the kind of marxist notion of historical process like back towards hegel um imagining the event not only as a kind of like um unfolding in the you know the quote-unquote real world but also as a concept, as a, as a uh, break in the symbolic order, the, the, the reordering of the symbolic order. Okay, I see. Right. I see. So, so maybe we should then start by, by trying to have a sort of preliminary definition of how Zizek understands an event. Anyone want to ch- hazard a uh, description of that? Well, you know, at first blush, it's ambiguous, right? Because uh, when we think of event, we, th- we can equally think of, you know, a natural disaster or a coup or getting dumped or, you know, like the release of a great album or a political event. There, there are things that um, seem quite, you know, 
divergent and disparate, but there's there's a there's something that kind of um, unite is the wrong word. No, I think you're you, you, yeah. So there's the the problem with event, much like any other concept, is that there seems to be materially a difference in example, right? So we have grand historical events and then personal individual events, but there's something that unifies them as a concept, but is disparate in content, right? Is that in the material in the material example we have the emergence of a concept which proves a sort of disparity in definition, right? When when we it's like, I know what truth is, but ask me to define it, I'm not sure. Tell me what an event is. Well, being dumped is just the same as 9-11. You know, how could there be a metric for understanding the application of a concept in its material, you know, in its in its material? And I think that's where we where we can even found the conversation is that in event, as Zizek understands it, there's a relationship between the universal and the particular. Yeah, and the and the and perhaps we can say that that the event is is the moment in which those two uh, express themselves. And uh, just to use his words uh, at the top, um, he writes, uh, at first approach, an event is thus the effect that seems to exceed its causes. And the space of an event is that which opens up by the gap that separates an effect from its causes. So, so there's something that doesn't quite match between like like the before and after the the event because a de- an event is the redefining of how of the space in which we understand uh, ourselves the world you know a given phenomenon etc yeah and and that that before and after is both like one of comprehension so like but also temporal temporal too right is there's like we understand before and after an event but also I think like an event sort of implicates a new temporal framework, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, how is it that there's a before and after? You know, there's always new befores and new afters, mm-hmm. and it's always in accordance with the kind of event. And that's like understanding the world post nine eleven, pre nine eleven, and then there's a before and after COVID, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Before yeah, I dated this person, from, yeah, to after I did the shift from the not yet to the always already. He 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 puts it later in the book. Brilliant. So that and he goes on to say there's there's always a gap between formal and material change things gradually change at the material level and this change is subterranean like the, like a secret spreading of a deadly infection when the struggle erupts into the op- into the open the mole has already finished its work and the battle is de facto over which of course you know reminds one of of covid like you just said jake um and it also made that quote also made me think of the point that we were making in a lot in a previous episode about how uh before 9 11 there were these these films that that depicted the events, you know, quite closely. Sort of represented a kind of like phantasmatic sort of uh, uh, like precursor to the event itself. Yeah. Um, and it it, it just it, it got me thinking about COVID, and I realized that you know before in the last ten years we have quite a number of, of virus films. Mm-hmm. There's Contagion, Patient Zero. Um, I recently rewatched the Alien movies and uh, Prometheus, the one from, I think, 2015. Uh, do you guys remember what the alien is in that movie? It's a virus. So from the first movie, you know, when the alien is this monster and Zizek calls it like, you know, the, the Lacanian thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it changes in, into a plague that, that infects planets. 
the sort of like hmm. becoming virus of the alien I think is really interesting and it's indicative of this kind of like pre- like precursor fantasy or this sort of like telegraphing how, do you, how, how would you phrase that I think well, maybe like I the think ne- I think what you're what like like in comparison to the 9-11 and the night films in the 90s they only seem like precursors after the event right exactly, like otherwise yeah. they're just they're just films that came out and there's no like yeah. linear there's also one more thing there's a video game do you remember it's it's called plague inc that came out in 2012 it's like you know tr- where you infect the world with a with a with a virus so it's just all these things sort of like seeds that after the fact that you were like you were just saying peter retroactively create the seeming like the prophetic nature the, of exactly that. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, where, well, where it Z- appears as a kind of necessary like oh of course COVID happened mm-hmm. you know zizek, zizek calls it a libidinal investment and um, interestingly, he speaks of the effect of an event as having to libidinally reinvest, which is quite interesting in terms of like another way of forming or formulating this shift of a before and after is there's a libidinal investment beforehand into a particular kind of like, I wouldn't say teleological, but there's like a, an, a libidinal investment kind of presupposes an outcome and then the the very outcome requires a kind of libidinal reinvestment um which uh i think is yeah just another way of formulating that sort of before and yeah after and then and then maybe i could you could also spin it uh in a kind of marxist sense where you could say like you know the conditions the material conditions are such that like they set the stage for for events to take place but they're they're not like automatic right like we see like now the you know things are getting more and more kind of materially uh unequal for people and of course if like one one you know good marxist would like to believe that we're on the verge of a of la revolution but um that that's not necessarily implied by the mere um by by things merely being unequal by 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 the kind of like conditions being set because there still needs to be some sort of inciting uh happening that isn't that isn't like automatically implied and you it's can always like say the after- event has to take place first right yeah like well, exactly like in yeah, the like totally. we were saying last time we tr- uh i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna cop to it we we tried to do this episode already but but we didn't but then we the uh audio fucked up so we have to try it again but uh in that discussion we talked about how like in the french revolution um there's like a million reasons that that we've heard through our education through you know film etc why it started but that those 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 antecedent causes can only be read after the event took place otherwise it's just you know kind of run the run of the regular society that as as things kind of like took a general downward turn but you can't really you can't really make some sort of automatic claim based on those conditions beforehand so what seems to be referent what it seems to be sort of we're nudging towards is is uh zizek's you know using hegel as the backbone to understanding event um in in insofar as there's a retroactivity mm-hmm. to an event it seems to be like if we're trying to figure out how to define the concept of event, fundamental to that definition, at least in terms of in, ter- in Zizek's terms, is the retroactive truth of an event is that it emerges and seems to produce with its emergence the very conditions of its possibility. So much so that it seems to emerge out of nowhere. 
And then after its emergence, and not necessarily in a kind of a successive way, but only in the wake of an event, can we look back at something and call it a cause? Mm-hmm. So there's not, it's not, it's not as if like conditions of possibilities are, are actually should be defined as not mutually exclusive, but different from what we'd understand a cause of an event. The conditions of, a poss- of, of possibility emerge as, I think, particular and nuanced and so new, totally new and an advent of the event. And the cause is something that you can retroactively sort of like posit as, you know, necessary. reasons of explanation. Yeah, as necessary, right. So there are the contingent elements which we, after an event make necessary and and so he's he's definitely relying on on a hegelian notion of retroactivity yeah um so things retroactively will have been necessary he says yeah well the the book before he goes into the three events of philosophy and then the three events of psychoanalysis he introduces the book with a conversation about the the fall right in genesis um the bib- the biblical fall fall from Eden, and he is the he is the line in there, which is I think he's borrowing from Hegel, which is that the fall creates that from which it is you know it is the fall, and um, which just just one more one more reference to Badieu, or I can't promise it's the last, but um, Badieu does say in that in that in that lecture I I listened to that an event occurs between two indiscernibles, and to me that's that's almost that's almost like saying. The fall is, Zizek says it, in, is it an event? And in the other book that we, in Hegel and a Wired Brain, he talks, he, it's like, this, there's not actually a before and after the fall. It's that the fall itself is the very, uh, how do I say this without sounding obtuse, but it's the very fall, like it's the fall itself. Um, yeah, the fall creates the fall. Right, the fall, yeah, which seems <laughs> yeah. to be this obvious, sort of obvious, or, or but it's, but it's, um, it's that the fall itself creates the before and after, but it's not as if there was a before the fall before it. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and for Zizek, yeah. it's important that, that Christianity begins with the event. Um, and the, like, the rest of the kind of edifice or the belief system it kind of works backwards from it. Um, and then uh, he moves on. So like he, he begins the book... Uh, was kind of brief speculations or kind of postulations about what the event means. Uh, then he then he, he speaks briefly about Christianity. Uh, then he moves on to Buddhism, which we our our previous uh, recent episodes on Buddhism were sourced in what he writes in this book. Um, maybe which if you haven't listened to you you definitely should. We go off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was there was uh, there was a variety of responses from that. Uh, we definitely we definitely uh, triggered some people with with uh, some of our <laughs> positions on Buddhism. <laughs> but yeah. it's okay. I know a lot of Buddhists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, some of my yeah. best friends are Buddhists. Yeah, and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a baby in bathwater situation with Buddhism. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the kind of core of the book is what he defines as the, as the three events of philosophy and the three events of psychoanalysis. And maybe we could just kind of roll through those and then kind of end up at uh, where he ends up with his conclusions in terms of like, like what, what are the limits of the event? What undoes an event? Um, and then like, what are the, what are the potentials in an event? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, for me, the, the, that's really the core of the book, the three events of philosophy. I found the most yeah. interesting 
uh, portion of it, um, where he says that there are three and only three key philosophers in the Western tradition, Plato, Descartes, and Hegel. And he goes through them and he talks about how each of the three occupies a unique position in the sense that no one, no one tries to be a pure platonic thinker or, 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 or a Cartesian thinker or Hegelian these days. And that Western philosophy is in a sense defined by the impossibility of being a Platonist. And so the same with Descartes and Hegel. And they're kind of joined by what he calls this negative relation between them. They each mark a point or an event from which, uh, fr- uh, from which nothing which comes after can fully avoid dealing with it in the sense that, you know, the 19th and 20, 21st centuries were, are clearly marked by a response to Hegelian philosophy, you know, with Marx and Feuerbach and, you know, Heidegger and Derrida and Deleuze and all these, all these thinkers. So there's kind of this, you know, no going back after the, the eventual nature of these thinkers. Well, well, and it's interesting that that it, he the West the Western at least the the Western tradition of philosophy is at various points just refutations of either Plato, Descartes, and Hegel, and and kind of interestingly because in this book and ultimately like through throughout all of Zizek's work because there's a a, a kind of at least like the facsimile of a, of a marriage between these three that. It's sort of a ref- to refute Descartes is to in some way also be dealing with Plato to be refuting and dealing with Hegel is also to be in some way you know hey, uh, like Descartes and and Plato are in the wings like he has a way in by determining the three events of a philosophy is with these three thinkers there's a way in which all the the thought of these three thinkers is related and in fact these like like almost in a Foucauldian sense these three moments of discontinuity are actually like re- relate the rest of the tradition. Like there's a way in which you can think the Western tradition through its discontinuity in Plato, Descartes, and Hegel. Yeah, um, they also and they also each in their own way provide their own thinking of an event. So they're not only like events in philosophy, but they kind of each provide us with a kind of description of an event. That's it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Which I think Pete goes back to your like about the title, right? This kind of like both the event, like an event proper. And then the concept of an event is, is we, you know, through the, through the book's structure, we have the three events of philosophy, but also those three events are ways of thinking about event, conceptualizing event. It's pretty cool the way he did that there. (laughs) Damn right. Yeah. (laughs) Nifty little move. Okay. So with Plato, with Plato, Zizek says that the event is the, the shattering encounter of an idea. Maybe we can think through that. Yeah, I mean, like, so Zizek kind of describes Plato, Plato's influence in the thinking of an event as obviously his his um, philosophy of the idea, um, but also in in terms of love as well. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone knows Plato as the, <clears throat> or at least he's he's sort of known, I think, on surface level as the pure metaphysician mm. you know as the as the, yeah. as the thinker who yeah. who with socrates uh furnished the idea or, or rather the, the the realm of forms right yeah and, and, and it's I, interesting that it occurs to me in that description of plato there almost can't be an event right because like because they're the, eternal yeah the ideas, the ideas are, are eternal. yeah they yeah. can't they can't be temporal in the way that an event by necessity is Exactly. So the con- so the, the realm of forms or ideas, capital I ideas, um, from the you know the form of a table or chair all the way to the idea of justice and truth and beauty, 
these are things that are unchanging and immutable for for Plato and Socrates, um, and that the material realm, which are essentially is comprised of copies of the form, their true form, or they're just merely referenced to the true form. So there are examples of tables and chairs and justice and truth and beauty, but they're all sort of mutable and changing corrupted and, and that and, and corrupted because they're essentially just copies or reference. But what Zizek does is he does like, he does a very interesting turn, which, you know, I'm, I was suspicious of having read, you know, Zizek previously, but as a student of the Western tradition, I'm, I was likened to believe Plato to be the ultimate metaf- you know, metaphysician. But what Zizek does is he actually kind of instantiates the event of Plato as the sort of like with the realm of forms or with the concept of idea, we actually have almost a materialist relation, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. I think you like, can't you furnish this. You can't furnish this reading of Plato without a background in Hegel. Yeah, it's like a, but, a Hegelian Platonic reading. It's pretty interesting. Exactly, which is to say that that the truth of a concept is actually only ever evident in its material in its material form, right? In its in its, in its appearance in its appearances, right? So yeah. so in like against or what I should say is that we have the virtual realm of concepts and ideas and then we have the realm of appearances right mm-hmm. and for plato the virtual realm is the one of truth and it's immutable whereas the the realm of appearances is is the mutable and corrupt but there are moments when the concept when the virtual erupts into the realm of appearances right and plato describes such event such an event as you know in an example of love or when socrates for example is struck by an event he almost goes into this. What does he describe it? Like a kind of uh, um, mental episode it? of some sort. Yeah, he is like epilep- like an epileptic fit, basically. Yeah. Right? He's like overcome, overwhelmed, arrested by this uh, this eruption, this eruption. Yeah, this rupture or eruption of the concept. But it, but yeah, love is predominantly the the example for Zizek with Plato. So. But just love. before we get to love, I just the, the 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 moment with Socrates I find really interesting because the, the way that Zizek describes it, uh, he says it's an event par excellence in the sense that it's a sudden traumatic encounter with another supersensible dimension. Um, but crucially, that you know that dimension is in the in the form of a, of an of an appearance. It's not it's not like a hidden reality behind the appearances. It, it, it's a re, it's a resultant out of the appearances. As such, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's also uh, it's 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 an interesting kind of reframing of of Plato in a very kind of similar way as uh, Frank Ruda in um, reading Marx's book that we discussed with with Frank Ruda actually a while back, um, where the um, Plato's cave is kind of reformulated as as a kind of pseudo semi uh, pre Marxist uh, idea of like the the influence of ideology and the role of subjectivity under capitalism well well yeah yeah totally and and it seems that with this with with the example of socrates being struck by an idea we have the like the kantian transcendental problem of not being able to access the thing in itself right is that we 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 there's this well what it's super sensible right is there's this this feeling that there is a a realm outside of the material, but it is not accessible to us. But with 
Plato's example of Socrates and 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 also of, of love, furthermore of love, there's this feeling that the access is it's it's not necessarily that we it's inaccessible to us, but it's that it erupts. Yeah, and the the right? access fucking the, 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 the traumatic encounter with it is the access to it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and that's the only way that the bridge, the transcendental problematic, is sort of bridged right through the material. In its in its yeah, for the most part traumatic eruption so and so, so so love love is a great example of this right yeah and I, I, like obviously zizek's des- description of love is not you know is not plato's description but um there is there's definitely a reference to it um and i'm sure i mean many people will be familiar with zizek's description of the kind of event of love the falling into and out of love um as a kind of complete, um, uh, well, I mean, as an event for for a subject, right? Like, like before before one comes across uh, the the person that they love, their you know their life is one way. Then they 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 fall, they stumble, they somehow find themselves in love, and it completely radically like realters or like readjusts their life uh, in relation to it. Yeah. The, the fall, the fall, the, the terminology is important here that it's in reference to the, the fall from Eden, right? It's, it's this, that you fall into love and that you can fall out of it, I guess is also implied, but that there's a radically contingent event that then assumes a certain kind of necessity is that you, you know, Zizek says, not only do you then think of your, your past as sort of all, you know, always already leading up to that radically contingent moment now necessary but that like even after the fall of love you start to sort of eschew all your moral obligations your filial obligations you you know you care less about your job your material well-being it's like it totally fucking you know it it infects you right uh it's infectious and and it then has a way of restructuring it like it it then functions as a kind of quilting point right where everything before it was made was now is now seen in the light of it and everything after it is seen in the light of it 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 sort of robs you right yeah and in that and in that you know retroactive (laughs) sense it it creates the the narrative you know leading up to it as necessary right or it creates a narrative in the first place that these events you know, every event in my life led up to this moment. And of course, it can only be that way after the event of love. Mm-hmm. Every chance encounter you have with that person before you knew them well becomes like steps towards the eventual, the eventual event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's funny because I, f- I feel like that begs the question, like, you know, when, when people <coughs> ask, like, how do you know if you're in love? It's like, well, I guess you, you do just know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. that's the standard. That's yeah, it's, the standard. I I kind of feel whenever I have described like the difference between like um hurting your hurting yourself a lot versus like breaking something. Like you know, like when you break your arm, you didn't just like bruise your bone. You like you know that you broke your arm, and there's no yeah, way to right. really describe yeah. the feeling. <laughs> well, just just before we move on, I, I I think it's interesting that with the concept of love, you can also begin to understand that just because one event happened doesn't mean other events cannot. There there doesn't seem to be in Zizek's conversation a kind of like event the event. I mean, there are events of generations, there are events of epics, there are you know there are events within science, there are events within religion, but. 
seemingly, you know, like the one thing in perspective on love is that I think we may hopefully, hopefully all of us have been there, but you're like, I'll never fucking love again. You know, now that Cassandra's right. gone, I'll never, you know, I'll never know love again. But it's like, you know, you, you can fall out of love, which is its own event. And then, you know, holy shit, you've fallen again. Um, which is cool because it, it basically robs that proves the kind of contingency of the event. Right? Yeah. And there's, and there's no way to tell before the fact, right. Exactly. You know, after, after a, a you know, a love a relationship ends, you, like you just said, I'll never love again, but you know, you will, and you can't, and it, you know, it, but, but crucially you don't feel that way. And before the fact, it never appears that way. So in the same way, you can't, you can't, you know, predict an event, the, the, the you know, the, the, yeah, the coming of an event. So, like, uh, last time we went a little long, so maybe we could just, like, try and move a bit strategically through the other two events of philosophy, maybe quickly in psychoanalysis, and then maybe discuss uh, its conclusions a little bit before we run a little too long. Right. So the event of Descartes is the, is the cogito, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's this... Um, Ultimately, also in what seems to be a kind of structurally a metaphysical, a metaphysical move in total, which is radical doubt, doubting the physical world to arrive at the thinking subject um, without any qualification beyond the fact that it thinks itself, it then knows it exists. But what, what's important about the cogito for Zizek? What's eventual about the cogito? Well, it's thinking, right? Mm. It, it exists in as much as it's thinking. Which is an you know that that clearly has a kind of you know, yeah. mental status. and it's crucially it's crucially a universal and simultaneously an empty subject, um, which he sees as kind of the starting point for emancipation, like the the potential for uh, like say feminism, for instance, is 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 that um, like like where Zizek describes that that feminist thinkers latched onto the idea of the cogito was that it's not it's not fundamentally gendered at least a there's the possibility that it's not um because there's nothing gendered about thinking it's just it's just the like pure subjectivity there's a radical zero pointing of the sub of sub mm-hmm. of human subjectivity with the cogito which is like this um it's a it's a negative definition Mm-hmm. of sub of human subjectivity yeah. right yeah <clears throat> it's stripping away everything but the fact that it thinks and i think that that radical negativity is something that gets taken up with you know as the night of the world right is the concept i think it's a that's a, originally a religious concept but it's one that's applied to descartes cogito that then informs hegel the, and uh, the third event in philosophy the third event yeah the night of the world um What's the third? What's yeah? What's the third event? Well, Zizek describes it a couple ways. Um, at times, he discusses it in terms of uh, the event of retroactivity in thinking through philosophy. Um, as we, I mean, we, we just, we've uh, touched on that, as well as um, spirit know, like coming to know itself. I think is the other uh, event that he describes in terms of Hegel. Is that is that right? Yeah. Um the the kind of withdrawal into itself mm-hmm. and the like that kind of that kind of self reflexivity of the subject i think is is the connection there with with hegel yeah another another point he draws of continuity between descartes and plato with uh with hegel is uh is madness um 
and maybe I'll read a quote here from Zizek. Um, as, uh, as we were just saying about the kind of inwardness of, of this cogito or of this uh, universal subject, um, Zizek says, as Hegel puts it, this inwardness of the pure self must enter also into existence, become an object, oppose itself to this innerness to be external, return into being. Um, and I think that's you can kind of read that through what we were saying about about Plato as well as like Plato establishes like the kind of the order of the idea as a, as a kind of like separation from from just like pure immediate being. Um, Descartes uh, minimizes that you know the the category of the experience of of the idea and the being to a, an empty universal category, and Hegel is here you know tr- making that that category an object for itself which opposes itself in in its innerness to the external yeah and you have to pass through and you have to pass through that yeah yeah exactly it's 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 a, the mat sort of this this quote end quote madness must be passed through in order to be engaged with the reality from which we're fundamentally disconnected right it's like with the cogito we get this sort of zero pointing this self-withdrawal which is the foundation of any engagement back into reality that must be passed through um, yeah, which I think f- signals a kind of this like the cogito signals a radical gap between mm-hmm. what is understood as a kind of organic unity of immediate experience and reality and exactly. the su- and the subject. But because what you have before Descartes, you have like the great chain of being, you know, right? And you have man's place in it. And that 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 like that that point that you're describing is also what is required. Like that space is what is required for an event to take place. Exactly. So the cogito exactly. is evental, like you said, Will, is that this kind of description of an experience of self-withdrawal that, that Descartes kind of proposes as almost a thought, a thought experiment. Zizek says, you know, beyond it being a thought of experiment, this is actually the subjective experience. This is the sort of, um, well, I don't know, it's the event, right? The cogito mm-hmm. is the, the event of the subject, which I think, interestingly, now sort of, transitioning into the three events of psychoanalysis is that Lacan picking up from Hegel and the Cartesian cogito understands the subject not as like locating itself in the gap between, you know, organic immediate reality and the experience of it and the subject like the subject doesn't sort of locate itself in that gap. It is that gap. So there you like the sort of the furnished dualism by Plato of the realm of ideas and then the and then the the sort of the mutable realm of being and appearances, we have in that gap as that gap the Lacanian subject, mm-hmm. and that is only through the sort of tradition of Descartes, the eventual tradition of the cogito with Descartes, and then the retroactivity proposed by Hegel. Um, and so the three events of psychoanalysis in this book, as through the, the three sort of dimensions of the symbolic, imaginary, and real of Lacan, I don't think he, he doesn't describe them as succinctly as he does the three events of, of philosophy. So for us to kind of try and break them down, I think like A is difficult. B, you have to kind of go into like a ton of Lacan. But yeah. there is, but with the trifecta of the symbolic, the, re, uh, the imaginary and the real, there's there's the subject who participates in all of these dimensions. And the thing I think to think with Lacan through the, the, I think the tradition of the event is that there's something evental about the subject insofar as it participates 
in those three dimensions. It, yeah, it would seem that the event will... is in some in some way the uh, simultaneous like combination of those three things. Well, that radical gap that that is proposed by the Cogito and Hegel's retroactivity is like essentially the the necessary madness that the subject needs to. I think make into its ego, right? That that needs to, it needs to perform this kind of madness in order to, you know, embrace the symbolic order, its imaginary ego, and field any eruptions of the real. It's yeah, that, it's like it's like what is you know the 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 Zizek likes to harp on the Brecht quote, like what is the founding? Oh, sorry, what is the robbing of bank of a bank compared to the founding of a new one? It's like what is the madness of a subject compared to the madness of subjectivity itself? Exactly, fucking beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Lacan refers to uh, Freud, right? Is that Freud had this concept of the rational world is actually being that of madness, and the rational world only emerges as a kind of defense against. Or like the original madness of, of, of itself, right? Um, yeah, so, yeah, and like towards that, what you were just saying, Jake, like, you know, reason is from a certain point of view, a kind of like incul inculcation, 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 inculcation against madness, yes. and yet is also a form of, of pure madness itself. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, so I mean, I think that, you know, kind of briefly touches on those at least the psychoanalysis points um in 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 regards to the event and then like where he continues there is like is talking about like okay like the theoretical components and and manifestations of event aside like what allows for or uh, disallows for an event to take place right like how does that how does an event come to be or how does like the trauma an event come to be like resubsumed, reamalgamated into the system. Um, and I think part of what he talks about is, you know, the kind of current ideological economic system of, of capitalism, like necessitates like pseudo events all the time, right? Like the, the running of capitalism needs to like continually be in crisis, but there are, there are breaks in it that at least allow for the opportunity to counter the economic system but very often more often than not really they get reamalgamated into the system and 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 appear um as like you know kind of brushes with with the kind of new eventual space or horizon but ultimately um uh resubsumed into the ideological system or no or or made no longer eventual by the yeah. emergence of a quote you know another event yeah, right yeah. is that is that we're sort of we're, we're um, barraged by the kind yeah. of eventual status to, of, of to quote Brecht, what is the release of the iPhone 10 in relation to the iPhone 11? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's something that Zizek is proposing with reference to the three events of psychoanalysis and the three events of philosophy. There's something that he's pro proposing, I think, in concert with Badieu, is that the subject there's a there, the subject has to be present for there to be an event and we don't mean this in a sort of like uh tree like, falling in the woods type thing exactly yeah well maybe maybe we do it's it's just that there's there's simultaneously a subject is the position of a subject is is made necessary when thinking of the concept of the event but also that the subject itself is fundamentally 
eventual. And I think that this, this goes back to understanding the subject as the gap between sort of organic, harmonious immediacy and the event. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Is so in, regard, the, in, in regards to like what undoes or limits an event is the, is the limitations of subjectivity, right? Like, like, for example, ideological interpolation, like that, that kind of precludes um, an awareness of or a receptivity to an, an, an event. Good point. Well, it, interestingly, what Lacan says in Seminar 11, which I have, I have here on hand, is he tries to problematize cause, and he's t- like cause and effect. And he's talking about, he's talking about the, unco- the Freudian unconscious, which obviously through Zizek, to talk about the unconscious is to obviously talk about the subject as, you know, not necessarily synonymous with one another, but what is unique to subjectivity is the unconscious, right? What might be irreducible is the unconscious. And he, Lacan says, whenever we speak of cause, there's always something anti-conceptual, something indefinite. Uh, The phases of the moon are the causes of the tides, blah, 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 or miasmas are the cause of fever. He says, that doesn't mean anything. There is a whole and something that oscillates in the interval. In short, there is cause only in something that doesn't work. And so he locates the conversation about cause and, and the unconscious as there's only cause when something fails. And when we talk about cause and, cause and effect in terms of the conversation about event, here Zizek's putting the Lacanian subject at that, I think, nexus between cause and effect at the failure of, of something, right? Is that when an event happens, we actually don't exactly know what its effects are right immediately and in, and i think it can be argued that an event continues to sort of reverberate insofar as it can kind of continually create its own conditions of possibility its causes and also its effects but well i mean like okay so he wrote this book uh kind of in response to or during uh maybe immediately after the arab spring uh which was seen as like you know this this radically uh, new phase in you know um, the countries in which it took place, um, but it kind of that 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 euphoria that that wow Facebook can change the world type view quickly uh, within you know a year maybe uh, quickly became uh, just you know the new mundane situation you know the Muslim Brotherhood took over in Egypt. Uh, it paved the way for ISIS. Um, so what, like, what, what seems like this this moment of immense potential became uh, completely like recontextualized uh, and undone, um, reamalgamated. But then I wonder what is the status of of communism here for Zizek's notion of the event, and maybe we can finish off on that. Yeah, I mean, like, well. Uh, we had a bit of a difference in this the last time we spoke, but I think, uh, I think for Zizek, the place he leaves it, and which is one of slight ambiguity, but uh, definitely you can infer from his other books, um, in in terms of like you know how is he, how is he a philosopher of the event and of communism in that he views communism as like the event which could ultimately completely change the symbolic space. Um, and 
lead to a kind of reef like you know obviously a, a the complete change in subjectivity and uh uh you know economic material relations etc yeah it's like communism is the name for the event to come but that you know be, because of the nature of an event that it can't be it can't be known before the mm-hmm. before the fact it you know it almost goes by a different signifier for Zizek. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it, it, it is, it, it actually operates as a signifier, right? As a master signifier, which is, which ideally, I think when we understand event and Zizekian terms, we're understanding it as a eruption that not only, you know, like shifts perspective it's that it changes the symbolic order altogether right it restructures the symbolic order like a master signifier or a quilting point Mm -hmm. in that the way we understand things organizes itself around the emergence of that event and and to which you know it's arguable if you if we remain faithful or not right is this 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 notion of faith to the event is is i think important and that's why i think the conversation about capitalism is is interesting is because i think it involves a kind of postmodern like nihilistic irony where with the proliferation of events it's almost as if you never have to remain faithful to them at all right there's this notion of going before the fall going back to a time before the fall that I think applies to capitalism, which is that nothing is of an eventual status. We can always pretend as if the event didn't happen. But what marks a true event for Zizek is one that you cannot act as if it didn't happen. And we'll know of an event truly when it structures things in such a way that there is a distinct before created by its emergence and you are living in the after. Um and I think that's why that's why there's something very interesting about you know, I think looking back at like something like real existing communism or socialism is that there's still a potential for communism to function as evental. Yeah, well, that's and that's why like I think uh, I think I remember this correctly, but Frank Ruda described the the subsequent um, uh, memory of those events as as a mournful experience, right? Because there there's potential there that was ultimately not borne out. Right. With eighty nine, it seemed like the eventual status of communism sort of ended. Right. The curtain closed on the potential event of communism, but as a signifier, I think Zizek thinks that communism can still persist um, as as an eventual signifier. Um, and as as the potential for for miracles to happen, I think. Yeah, too. I was about because, to say. You know, yeah, Derrida has this yeah. notion that you know, Derrida has this notion that communism is spectral. It's always looming and it's never present. It's always yet to come. But I think that's very different than what Zizek thinks of communism. And it's what you were just saying, Jake. Is like there's this, there's the there's the not yet. It's not simply that it's that it's looming and spectral and and forever delayed, but rather that it's not yet. Mm-hmm. And and I want to I want to touch on the idea of a miracle again because this is i think one of the more interesting things that Zizek says in regards to the event is that in some way it is a miracle because you can't you can't explain it because like due to its you know causes like you can't Mm -hmm. like there's something there's like that rupture uh like i mean there are things that have you know happened recently that that like you could never have predicted like that have the kind of realm or feeling of being miracles 
like but that's what's and not and that's not that's not a that's not a moral thing it's just like like things that are so radically like unexpected that completely realter our experience of the world but that's what's so interesting about the converse like about <clears throat> at least plato as an eventual thinker and and lacan and hegel is that the the realm of the event and of the idea and of the concept still remain elusive they're not necessarily accessible you can't you can't participate directly and conjure up that realm. It's that it happens in ways that are unexpected. And then they, they seemingly like withdraw with the same kind of like, I think, miraculous quality is they, that an event occurs and you're always registering it too late, right? The effects of an event, it's, it's like the Kegel's spirit, right? What does he say that the, the, um, the wound, the wound of spirit? Well, yeah, it's a quote from from uh, from the Wagner play. It's the the wound Parsifal, is it? Yeah, yeah, Parsifal. The the wound is itself the wound that it tries to heal. Is that what it is? Yeah, the wound. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, let's see. I, I've got it here. Um, the spirit is itself the wound it tries to heal. The spirit mm -hmm. is itself the wound it tries to heal. And I hate. I'm just going to go back and quote this seminar eleven. So so Lacan says, for what the unconscious does is to show us the gap through which neurosis creates a harmony with the real, a real that may well not be determined. And he says, in this gap, something happens. Once this gap has been filled, is the neurosis cured? After all, the question remains open. But the neurosis becomes something else, sometimes a mere illness, a scar, as Freud said. Not the, uh, sorry, the scar, not of the neurosis, but of the unconscious. And there's this weird Lacan, like I find in this in this Ooh, passage yeah. a really weird Hegelian turn about like how the unconscious is evental, and so and so the subject is evental, and I think that like the emergence of spirit and the understanding, at least in Lacanian terms, the persistence of the unconscious as this sort of like always to come, not yet, but something that underlies right is that the the event is always there and when it occurs in a slip of the tongue or in a you know like in a parapraxis or in you know what i mean it seems <laughs> like there's a there's a really unique kind of connection between the unconscious and the event insofar as we know that we don't know like it's not like the event just happens and and then there's a before and an after it just sort of occurs I, I, and, and same yeah. with the unconscious there's That's a very nice point jake though he is somewhat ambiguous uh both apparently uh i mean from what i've heard bidu and zizek himself are somewhat ambiguous in regards to like like uh how like the subject relates to an event like whether or not it's like understood it's it's like the subject is able to understand the event in its occurrence or is able to uh, elect or act on it um there's an interesting discussion that i heard where they refer to like acting in relation to the event as nominating the event um yeah. and apparently alenka zupanchic is is in favor of the subject who is able to nominate the event that is that is act on the event and in some in some way take part in it and I, I think there's there can be there can be like perhaps the inflection of viewing the subject as somewhat at the whim of or at the mercy of events always in relation to them but i think there's a dynamic here between how the subject relates simultaneously being created by events 
but also exactly. but also mm-hmm. creating them right yeah, totally. that's a dynamic totally. between in particular the universal it's also the dynamic in marxism between um the proletariat and the revolution there's like there are these internal tensions that um you you you, you can't say purely people are the kind of like uh, manifestations of the the external system or the event because then you preclude the ability to change things to act on them to have um uh kind of existential or um lived um responsibility or agency well it's like it's like in the same way that that capitalism produce, produces the proletariat mm-hmm. which will eventually be you know as mark said it's grave diggers you know the event in that way can can seen, be seen as like producing those who respond to the event and who may retain fidelity to it mm-hmm. but exactly yeah 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 and those who and those who disavow the event but but it, mm-hmm. there's no there's seemingly no event without subject that's that's yeah the important, yeah like, exactly that's, that's the important yeah. point it's like that that the two happen on the same plane is that the event happens on a on the level of subjectivity because the event or like sorry in the way that you were describing the unconscious it's not like unconscious doesn't you know relate or act on the world around it right like it's not it's not a purely removed force that never you know there's never as if there's never a dynamic between you know the, like the conscious world the external world and the interior world that dynamic mm-hmm. is the is a is a kind of microcosm of the entire hegelian system right yeah, well, mm-hmm. in the unconscious is the language of the big other. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? It's, yeah. it's the extant. Yeah, like, what, yeah, what it's totally to on the surface. Yeah, is that the subject is actually seemingly the extant of the event, right? It's both the inside and the outside of the events of the of the event. It it performs the event. Like there's no such thing as as I think the subject without event or event without subject. Um, despite them, they're not being they're not the same thing. But um, yeah, no, well, I think that, I think that's that's great, Jake, and I think maybe we can leave it there. What well, do you we think should, of that? We should, but actually, just before <laughs> we do, the communist point is really—it's important that that Zizek, like as as we've mentioned previously in many episodes, just because the event of communism is to come and communism for him functions as a sort of signifier, it's not as if we're not supposed to act. And this is where that tension right, between right. act and event takes place is because Zizek does say in this book, like you will, you are. We're destined to la- to act always too late or too soon, right? But mm-hmm. and so that but but in relation to an event, but that does not preclude the potency of action. In so right. far as even if it is just a reaction or something premature, like like he quotes Luxembourg, like it the it the event is only the result of premature actions, right? Is you right, have to right. you the event emerges out of a kind of relationship of, of the impossible action the, the stat the right. temporal yeah. the temporal the impossibility uh, uh impossible temporality rather of the action of, of his being always too soon or too late it's like that creates the it instantiates the the, the conditions of possibility yeah. for an event yeah because it's too it will always be too soon in the normal functioning of things yes yes you know yeah the normal functioning yeah. of things will not allow for the for these yes. you know spontaneous arousal of the event or rising of the event it's you know in this way, you know, if we can think action with the event, it's it's acting too soon. It's out of context. It's before, and then it, and then the context shifts. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Nice talking to you guys. Yes, <laughs> let's 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 shift right out of this context and uh, talk, to you, talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, yeah talk soon. Talk soon, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye.